It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to the debut edition of the Wrestling Outsiders Podcast. I am one of your hosts, uh, Emerson Whitner. I am joined, as always, on the other end of the line by the only man in the world who can't wait for Sammy Callahan's NXT debut. He is the only man on this show who refuses to watch the critically unacclaimed movie The Room. He is the only man who hosts a wrestling podcast and does not care that Vanderlei Silva is being replaced by Vitor Belfort, by the only person who thinks Tony Romo will finally take the Dallas Cowboys back to the Super Bowl, by the only person who is tearing me apart, Lisa, the only person that I've ever speared into a windowsill, by the only person who I could ever call my favorite brother, by the only man I know with a blonde spot on the side of his head, by the only man who along with me will never learn his lesson, by the only man I've ever punched in the head, by the only person who wants to teach me some lesson in my mind, my brother, Brian Whitner. Celebrate good times, come on. Brian, you're not celebrating. There's no reason we celebrate this evening, Emerson. We had our 50th birthday the other day, so. I don't feel a day over 30. Well, you are a little bit over 30, but let's not go there. Uh, welcome to the 51st edition of the Wrestling Outsiders podcast, the last live episode for two weeks, Brian. I know. What, what are you going to do without me? Uh, celebrate the time. Come on. <laughs> uh, I know you're going to be you're going to be taping more shows with me. <laughs> but before we get into before we get into future programming notes, um, like WWE, we didn't uh, we didn't break the news of our big news ourselves. Instead, Emerson Whitner's Facebook page today broke the news that uh, we're going to have a special guest with us. In about five to ten minutes, we are going to be joined by the president of the National Wrestling Alliance, Brian. We're going to be joined by Mr. Bruce Tharp. Huh. Bruce Tharp, yes. That's the I'm host. Of, I, I'm sure you are, Brian. 
I am. I'm thrilled. I don't know why you weren't. <laughs> and so he's going to be on the show yeah. in about five, six minutes, going to be talking to us about uh, uh, the NWAs, talking about the uh, everything going on over there. And then we'll be on as well later talking about uh, the history of WrestleMania. Part five, not four, as I put on our uh, tweet, as I tweeted earlier today. Yes, we will be discussing WrestleMania's 21 through 25. Um, And, you know, just, uh, and that'll be that. And then next week, um, next Wednesday night, we will be here to do a show. Um, talking about the WrestleManias 25 through 30, make some WrestleMania predictions. But of course, the big one, uh, Sunday, March 29th, 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific. We're going to be here with a live one-hour WrestleMania preview show, uh, talking all the matches yeah. up and down the list. And yeah, do a good time. So, Brian, are you happy uh, we're at 51 episodes? You know, I, I couldn't be more excited and thrilled to be at 31 episodes with you, Emerson. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Um, talk about something, Brian, for a minute. Um, There's nothing really new to talk about. I could be the next – I could be a, a football coach here. Within a couple of weeks, I'm hoping to get here back. I had a, what I thought was a very successful interview. Um, I'm excited for WrestleMania being next Sunday. Um, if you haven't already, uh, uh, follow us on Twitter, at WO Podcast. <laughs> I didn't think that would air over the line. I'm calling myself to see what number it is that calls uh, when I call out. Why on earth is it a New well, York number, you know? Yeah. Just kind of cut me off. I, <laughs> yeah, I had to throw you a, uh, I had to throw you one there, Brian. And so what That's were you talking okay. about? Um, our, our to, and tell our, our listeners to follow us on Twitter, at WO Podcast. Uh, follow us on Facebook. And then, yeah, listen to us on, uh, Download us and all that fun stuff. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Yep. All that We're all over crap. the place, folks. Yes, we are. By the way, listen to our 50th episode from a few days ago where we discussed yes. giants and demons and some other issues. Yes. Yes. And that a was a fun. Yes, it was a fun show. It was it was a very fun show. I, I do highly recommend for any new listeners to go back and listen to early the one that we definitely you should listen to is probably Popzilla, our interviews that we've had with various people, and maybe our 50th episode. So, Well, just listen to all of them. Just listen to it on one giant loop. Take about 50 yeah. hours of your life right there. <laughs> yes. And then you can also... Actually, with how you know, often... Uh, with how often uh, we, with how much we talk, it's usually about sixty hours, I think. Anyway, Brian, yeah. are you inside of a building? Yes. 
good because uh, we're going to call our guest right now. So if you want to hang on. Okay. Is your phone ringing right now? No. <laughs> Maybe. IDK. Hello. Hi, is this Bruce? Hello. It certainly Hi, is. Hi, Bruce. Hi, how are you doing this evening, sir? Doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, this is Emerson. Brian's here with me. Welcome to the Wrestling Outsiders podcast. Yes, welcome. Thanks very much. Am I already on the air? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. It's a pleasure to be here, guys. Uh, ready to roll. Thanks very much for inviting me. No problem. Thank you. For, thank, you thank you for inviting for accepting our invite. My um, pleasure. Just, my pleasure. You know, Looking forward to. Uh, go ahead. Um, well, we're going to kick off the interview. You know, pretty easy here. Uh, for the, our fans out there who may not be familiar with you, uh, who is Bruce Tharp? I am president of the National Wrestling Alliance. That was nice and simple. Um, there you go, <laughs> Brian. Um, uh, were you a wrestling fan growing up, and who were some of your favorite wrestlers? Um, actually, I grew up in the wrestling profession. Um, my father was involved in professional wrestling in the state of Florida. He was a, an associate of Eddie Graham. And some of my okay. earliest memories, as a, some of my earliest memories as a child, were going to the wrestling matches with my father uh, in the in the actual early to mid '60s. So um, wow. you know, I'm a throwback to the old. I'm a, yeah, I'm a throwback to the uh, old NWA. Uh, my dad knew Sam Muchnick. Um, when I was a little kid, I was, you know, held by guys like uh, Lou Fez and uh, Joe Scarpa, who was uh, uh, Chief J. Strongbow before he became Chief J. Strongbow. Uh, Jack Briscoe, Don Curtis, uh, the great Malenko. I remember seeing him many times and watching him in the ring, uh, guys like that. But if you're asking me my my favorite wrestlers are, I would have to say um, – Jack Briscoe and Terry Funk, both of those guys nice. are amazing, amazing competitors. Yeah. Um, awesome. Now, a lot of our fans know um, that at one point you were both a referee and a ring announcer down in Florida. How did that come to be? And um, any memories and stories of working as a referee or an announcer? Sure. Uh, actually, um, you know, I... I I uh, got into the wrestling business also because of my father, um, and I started working in a wrestling office uh, right before I got into into college. It's probably about 17 years old, and um, the way that happened was um, one of the other um, hobbies that I had ever since I was a kid was I, I used to do magic. I was a magician, and I remember uh, rehearsing a magic show one time, and uh, in a theater. I was you know empty theater doing a rehearsal. And my father apparently had been riding around with Eddie Graham. They stopped off to to see me, and um, so I did this magic trick. I borrowed a handkerchief from Eddie Graham and uh, tied it in a knot and made the handkerchief start to float all over the stage, levitate, and uh, dance around. And then I gave him the uh, handkerchief back, you know, and Eddie Graham's looking at it and thinking, what the heck, you know? Had no idea how I did the, 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 had no idea how I did the trick. So um, after he left with my father, he asked him, he says, Chet, my dad's name was Chet Tharp. He said, Chet, uh, 
tell me how he does the magic trick. My father said, well, you know, I'm his dad, and he doesn't even reveal to me how he does his magic. So at that point in time, I think the wheels started turning in Eddie Graham's mind, and he realized that I would protect the business. I mean, if I didn't tell my dad about my own magic tricks, uh, he realized that I would keep the secrets of the wrestling profession. So shortly thereafter, I got a call and uh, started ring announcing, and then like several weeks after that, they invited me to start working in the office. Um, and so that's how I, that's how I started announcing. And, uh, back in the day, uh, the business was very protected and they didn't allow ring announcers in the dressing room. I remember Dusty Rhodes happened to be the booker at that time. And I was working in the wrestling office doing the payoffs for the, for the wrestlers, but they wouldn't let me in the dressing room. So, you know, it was just kind of interesting that, you know, I, I, um, yeah, I was prohibited from going to the dressing room for probably the first two or three years of my career. But then short, uh, shortly, um, soon thereafter, I started going I went on the road with some of the boys, you know, and gradually uh, the wrestlers themselves sort of brought me into the business, so to speak. And um, so I found myself sitting in the dressing room one time, and Eddie Graham happens to walk in, you know. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> Eddie Graham comes and sits down next to me right on this bench, you know, in the sportatorium where we used to shoot TV on uh, Wednesday mm-hmm. mornings. And uh, he goes, uh, he looks, sits down, and he looks at me, he goes, uh, I understand you're one of the boys now. <laughs> I just kind of laughed and said, yes, sir. And so that was pretty much it. I was in. At that point, I was uh, in the dressing room and um, always wanted to get into the ring myself. Because uh, you, you watch it from ringside, but once you're actually inside that ring, inside that squared circle, um, it's a totally different world. And I, and, I, and I was just anxious to do that. So I was very fortunate to get the opportunity to start refereeing. And I learned a little bit about the business from the inside out. And, um, and shortly after that, I, I guess it was 1984, I retired, so to speak, from the wrestling profession uh, to start law school. I moved from... Tampa to Houston, Texas, to start law school, and um, you know, once you're in the wrestling profession, it's sort of you know you've heard the saying it goes, it gets in your blood, and it's kind of it's very difficult to get the wrestling, you know, business out of your blood. So I think I'd been at law school in Houston for maybe two or three weeks before I was uh, knocking on the door of the local wrestling promoter in Houston, and his name was Paul Bosch. He was one of the greatest wrestling promoters of all time. Very mm-hmm. highly respected, you know, uh, among the wrestlers, mainly because he was a great payoff man. I mean, he paid very well. And um, so I asked him for a job, and uh, he certainly didn't need to give me a job. I mean, he probably didn't even have any slots open, but he gave me a job anyway. And uh, I was back in the wrestling business in Texas, and I will always remember Paul Bosch for doing that for me. He was a phenomenal gentleman and uh, a really great man. So it's a long answer to a short question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How long did you end up working uh, in Houston for Paul Bosch? I worked for Paul Bosch uh, pretty much up until the day he passed away, and I believe he passed away in around 87, 88, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or Actually, I worked up – he passed away about a year after uh, Vince McMahon acquired his territory – he um, entered, in, you know, Vince McMahon was sort of in the midst of taking over the wrestling world that time, and they entered into an agreement where where Vince purchased the territory from him, 
Um, I don't know the specifics of that, but after Vince took over, Paul retired and he passed away probably a year or two after that. So I stayed with Paul until the takeover by Vince McMahon, and then I, I, I was pretty much out of the wrestling business for a while at that point. Um, now, did you? Uh, now, I guess you didn't work for anyone else until later on becoming an NWA promoter in, uh, I believe it was 2011-ish? No, actually, I, I did some different, some other stuff before that. Um, what happened was um, 1989, I came down to the Rio Grande Valley, which is right along the Mexican border. And I was a prosecutor at the district attorney's office. And um, like I said, I, I was always interested in learning about the wrestling profession. I was a student of the business. Um, and, um, you know, I had announced in Florida and I refereed in Florida, refereed a little bit in Houston, announced a little bit in Houston. And then uh, when I came down to, the, to uh, the Rio Grande Valley, I met some wrestlers in Mexico, some Lucha Libre guys. And mm-hmm. uh, I decided that I also wanted to learn what it felt like to actually wrestle. So I started training with the Lucha guys over in Mexico, and I started wrestling on the weekend myself under a mask. You know, because I was a criminal prosecutor, I didn't want people to recognize me, number one. And <laughs> number two, um, you know, the mask in Mexico is a very sacred institution over there. So uh, they put me under a mask, and I, I, I wrestled under a mask for quite a while. So I, uh, I was very fortunate to learn about wrestling. I've learned all, every aspect of the profession, from refereeing, announcing, wrestling myself. I promoted, uh, produced my own uh, television program. And in fact, I I promoted uh, a territory down here for probably about five years before I even considered joining the National Wrestling Alliance. And then I and then I became part of the NWA as a um, promoter in about yeah about 2011. Um, how close did you follow wrestling during the 90s and the 2000s? Um, not very much, to be quite honest. Uh, as I became an attorney. I sort of stepped away from from wrestling. I um, was concentrating on on my law practice, you know, mm-hmm. learning that, or learning that profession, learning that world, and so I stepped away from the from the wrestling profession. I was making really good money at that time, so that was sort of my interest. But again, uh, you know, it's very difficult to get the wrestling profession out of your blood, and after mm-hmm. a few years. You know, I, I became acquainted with the, the Mexican wrestlers, so I you know, started training and learning how to wrestle myself, basically the Lucha Libre style. And um, mm-hmm. uh, and then I eventually found myself uh, promoting. So, you know, I've always had my my finger in it, so to speak, my my, uh, my foot in the, in the wrestling profession. And uh, now I'm really doing it more than ever, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've... I watch a lot of the New Japan shows myself, and honestly, I think you're one of the best heels in wrestling, even though you, you I've never wrestled a match, at least in New Japan, um, like that before. Well, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing in Japan. Um, I love it over there. Uh, I love the culture. I love the food. I, I really enjoy being over there. In fact, uh, I'm going back to Japan in about five weeks. It'll be my 14th trip to Japan in just oh, wow. over two years. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's been real, It's been a roller coaster ride uh, of a trip. I've been to Taiwan twice. 
I'll be going back to Taiwan also after this this next tour. And um, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that and really enjoying my uh, my career over there in Japan. That's great. Now you mentioned uh, you were promoting for about five years. Uh, how did you get into promoting wrestling? Well, um, at that point, you know, I was kind of out of the business myself, you know, out of the wrestling part of it, but I just wanted to promote wrestling in my town. I mean, it's, I love wrestling. I mean, it's a passion to me. So um, when you've got something that you're so passionate about, you just find yourself doing it again. And so I felt that there was a market here in the Valley. So I uh, signed up a crew of wrestlers and, you know, started um, producing television, got a, a television production crew from the, uh, the Televisa affiliate over in Matamoros, Mexico. Uh, my wife at the time, I'm, I'm divorced now, but at the time I was married, my wife uh, was, a televi- was a children's television personality over in Mexico. Hmm. And so I became acquainted with the, um, the owner of the television station over there, and he knew that I was involved in wrestling. So I was able to, to negotiate a very, uh, very good deal for them to produce the program and, and broadcast it on the air. So I did that for about five years, and that was a really great experience, and it prepared me a lot for what I'm I'm doing today with the National Wrestling Alliance. Hmm. Um, when uh, Rob Conway won the NWA title, were you afraid of the fan backlash from it? Uh, what do you excuse me? What's the question again? Um, when uh when when Rob Conway won the NWA title, were you afraid of what the fans would think of it? considering, like, he was in WWE, he was, like, a mid-carder? Uh, actually, not really. Not really, because um, I, I really had not been familiar with his career in the WWE because um, I really don't watch a whole lot of sports entertainment. You know, I'm a, I'm a pro wrestling fan, and I don't really like uh, the sports entertainment product, so I really didn't know a whole lot about Rob Conway's background in the WWE. Uh, when I met him... Uh, uh, you know, he seemed like a really good guy, and I saw him in the ring, and I was impressed with his work. And mm-hmm. um, when he won the NWA World Championship, I mean, he it was a phenomenal match. He really grew into the role of the National Wrestling Alliance uh, World Heavyweight Champion, and uh, he was booked in New Japan almost immediately. So I don't mm-hmm. think the way he was used... Um, and the WWE really had much effect on uh, his, you know, because it's what you're doing in the ring today. And he's an amazing wrestler. He's a phenomenal competitor. I don't think mm-hmm. uh, he was, I, I pro- he probably was not given the opportunity to really blossom uh, in the WWE. Right. You know, so when he became the NWA world champion, he really grew into that role. I'll tell you one thing about Rob, um, before he was in the WWE, he, he was wrestling in, in the National Wrestling Alliance. And he followed the National Wrestling Alliance when he was a kid. And, you know, when I met him, he told me how much respect that he'd had for the National Wrestling Alliance. And when he won that 10 pounds of gold, he literally cried in the middle of the ring. And there was nothing fake about that. I mean, that was total pure emotion. So yeah. I knew that it meant a great deal to him. You know, it touched his heart to be to become an NWA world champion, to have his name written in the record books with such great guys and competitors as Terry Funk and Jack Briscoe and 
Dory Funk Jr., Lou Fez, Gene Kaniski, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Harley Race. You know, there have been some phenomenal NWA uh, champions throughout history. And when he joined that elite group, I know it meant a lot to him. And I remember this. We, got our, we received our first booking in New Japan. And uh, uh, hadn't by, it, I, I was in Japan in 1982 the very first time. I was in my 20s. And uh, I actually announced for Giant Baba at a card over there. So this was my second time in Japan was with, was with Rob. And I was inquiring as to our future bookings. New Japan says, well, let's just see how – we'll discuss that after the match. Yeah. I'm sure they wanted to see how well Rob was going to do in the ring. And oh. um, Rob had a phenomenal match against Satoshi Kojima in the Subo Hall uh, in Tokyo in front of about 10,000 Fans live. It was an amazing match. Uh, New Japan seemed very happy with him. And in fact, obviously, they're extremely happy because we keep going back and we've, we've now had a relationship going with New Japan now uh, almost two years. So it turned out really, really well. I'm very proud of Rob. He's, uh, he's done well as the face of the National Wrestling Alliance. And uh, we've become really close friends, you know, because we travel so much together uh, over in Japan. And, um, uh, He's. I have just a lot of respect, tremendous respect for him as a wrestler and as a person. Now, is that how the renewed relationship with New Japan came about? Was it just a one-off booking, or was there, like, the idea that, you know, we want to bring in the NWA name, we want to bring in its champion. If Rob Conway works out, great, we'll use him. But if not, well, we may use Kojima or Tanzan um, as someone else. Uh, as champion, but still use the name. Well, they were, of course, you know, the National Wrestling Alliance has tremendous respect, you know, all over the world, and especially in Japan. I mean, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. You know, since Blue Fest started going over there, I mean, um, you know, the NWA has a lot of respect among the Japanese uh, wrestlers, wrestling fans, actually. And, um, of course, um, it, it all hinged on whether or not Rob Conway performed you know, as a, as a wrestler. And he obviously uh, performed quite well. He defeated some of their top guys uh, before he dropped the belt to Kojima in the Tokyo Dome last year. Uh, defeated uh, Nakanishi, who's a former Olympic champion. Defeated uh, Kojima once. And then defeated uh, Jushin Thunder Liger in a match in Kobe, Japan, before we had a, a bout in the Tokyo Dome uh, back in uh, 2014 in which he he lost the World Heavyweight title to Satoshi Kojima. Kojima himself is a phenomenal wrestler, brought a lot of prestige to the NWA World Championship. He's held a lot of championships in New Japan, the IWGP champion. He's also held championships in all Japan. He's a triple crown champion, from what I understand. So um, he was also a phenomenal champion. Of course, uh, he held the belt about four to five months before he lost it to Rob Conway in Las Vegas uh, last year at the Cauliflower Alley reunion. Awesome. Is uh, the NWA looking at a national television deal? We're hoping so. We've been working towards that for quite a while. Um, We've been talking to several uh, potential television broadcast partners. We believe that that is the next step for the National Wrestling Alliance. It would be a a national broadcast television deal, you know, in North America. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's, 
that that definitely is the next step. But another thing, um, I don't know if you're aware of, we've got a a website television program. If you go to our website, which is www.nwaringside.com, we've got a a web-based television program. And one of the reasons that we implemented that is because in my travels in in Taiwan and whatnot, uh, I've met people from all over the world, from from mainland China, from Taiwan, from Hong Kong, Singapore, and I've and I've received emails from from people all over the world, from South Africa, from Europe, from from South America, Canada, and I realized that we have people all over the world who are interested in the National Wrestling Alliance. They want to know who our wrestlers are. They want to see some of our uh, of our greatest matches, current matches. So even with the national television deal, whether it's with Spike or USA Network or whatever, uh, people in South Africa and Europe aren't necessarily going to be able to see that. Um, Those types of of broadcast channels are pretty much confined to North America. But on the World Wide Web, I mean, people can see the NWA all over the world. So I realized that, I mean, that is the future of our profession, is the World Wide Web, actually. So um, it was important to me to go ahead and get a television product onto our website. We've done that. We've probably developed, we've probably produced four or five, uh, four to five programs at this point. We're really excited about uh, each successive program seems to get better and better. We've had great response um, Mm -hmm. from people that have watched it. So yeah, television is really important uh, because in my opinion, I mean, we're not going to be able to really get up there until our wrestlers are perceived as superstars and, and, Fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, the only way that's going to happen is with a television is with a television deal. So definitely, that's going to be the next step for the National Wrestling Alliance. How strong is the NWA today? Well, um, it's certainly not as strong as it was back in the seventies, uh, um, but I would have to say that it's a lot stronger today than it was about three years ago. Um, unfortunately, the NWA fell into the hands of some, uh, the previous regime did not do a whole lot of justice to the brand. Um, um, I will say Adam Pierce was the, was the NWA world heavyweight champion at that time. And if anybody did anything to, to preserve the brand, it had to have been scrap iron, Adam Pierce. I mean, um, he traveled with the 10 pounds of gold all over the world, basically. And, um, during a very, very difficult time, uh, for the NWA, and uh, uh, did a lot, did a lot for for the National Wrestling Alliance by keeping the company alive, because the uh, the, the 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 previous administration, so to speak, you know, really just didn't do the the brand justice. But that's one reason why um, we are inducting Adam Pierce into the NWA Hall of Fame this year, and we're going to be actually making an award presentation to him and to three other very deserving recipients. Um, this year at Cauliflower Alley in Las Vegas at the Gold Coast Casino. We're going to be inducting Adam Pierce. We're going to be inducting a, uh, a very um, influential NWA promoter by, uh, from Tennessee by the name of Mike Searcy. We're going to be inducting J.J. Uh, Dillon into the NWA Hall of Fame. I mean, his uh, history pretty much speaks for himself. And then we're also going to be inducting Kevin Sullivan. 
who was also a huge uh, personality and uh, actually driving force behind the scenes in the NWA for many, many years. So we're going to induct those four gentlemen into the NWA Hall of Fame uh, next month, actually, in Las Vegas. I'm very much looking forward to that. If you have two extra seats, uh, two extra tickets, feel free to send them out. Emerson and I's way. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see you guys out there. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if there's any more tickets left. I, I know this is the 50th anniversary of the Cauliflower Alley, and if it's not sold out already, it's pretty close. But um, uh, just send uh, us media contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, Morgan Dollars would probably be the guy to contact with regard to that. But uh, it's going to be a spectacular. <laughs> it's going to be a spectacular convention this year. I am really, really looking forward to being there. In fact, um, we've got three really big NWA matches that are that are going to be taking place this year. Uh, last year, we only had one. It was Rob Conway versus Satoshi Kojima. And if you could have one match, I mean, that, that, that was it. That was a phenomenal match. This year, we're going to have three. We're going to have a unification bout between the NWA North American champion, Tim Storm, and he's going to face the current NWA national heavyweight champion, Godzilla Jax Dane, in a battle of titans. I mean, those guys are giants. And it's going to be an all-out war. And one of those guys is going to leave the, the match with all the marbles with both championships. That's going to be a phenomenal match. We're also going to have a rematch for the NWA Ladies World Heavyweight Championship. The current champion, Santana Garrett, uh, will be defending against the former champion, Barbie Hayden. And, um, and then the big match, one of the, you know, that I'm really looking forward to is... Uh, we're bringing in Jushin Thunder Liger. Jushin Liger is going to wrestle. Jushin Liger is going to wrestle at Cauliflower Alley, and he will be defending the NWA uh, World Junior Heavyweight Championship. I'm not going to tell you who his opponent is at this time, but uh, I will say I will tell you this: I do make the announcement on the very next NWA Ringside Television program. It's going to be released this weekend, guys, so you can watch it yourself. But, but you're going to have to go to the website. You're going to have to watch the program. So go to nwaringside.com and check out, you know, uh, our, our latest web-based television program. In addition, all the latest news and, and uh, uh, information, breaking news from the National Wrestling Alliance is right there on the website. So um, I'm actually that's on going it to be now. a tremendously exciting match. Hey, I'm actually on it now. It's very interesting, all the stuff you guys have on here. Appreciate that. Yeah, we've done a lot of work on that, and again, our website's getting better every day. Yeah. Um, who are some of the rising stars of the NWA that fans should keep an eye out for? Well, first and foremost, I would say Godzilla Jacks Dane. I mean, this guy, I call him the most dangerous man in wrestling, and I believe he's about 300 pounds. Uh, he reminds me of a cross between Brock Lesnar and Dick the Bruiser. Um, oh wow! He's a bad dude, and uh, he's on a quest for the world heavyweight championship. He's not made that a secret. And uh, he and Rob Conway are very close friends. But right now, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion is Hiroyoshi Tenzan. He won the belt from Conway on February the 14th in Sendai, Japan. Um, and actually, during that match. Uh, Tenzon happened to grab me, pulled me up onto the apron, and he gave me three headbutts 
uh, broke my nose, busted me open, um, and then he won the World Heavyweight Championship. But I'll tell you right now, we're going to get that championship back. We're going to get the 10 pounds of gold back to the United States where it belongs. And um, not sure who it's going to be that takes that belt off of Tenzon, but you never know. It might be Godzilla Jack Stane. Might be. <laughs> Uh, now, earlier today on Twitter, I, uh, you were talking about an NWA Legends project you were working on that was going to be in the same vein as the WWE Network and New Japan World. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about that project? Love to. I'm super excited about this project. Um, as you know, I worked for Paul Bosch when I was in law school in Houston. Uh, he passed away, and I represent his widow, Valerie Bosch, and his son, Joey. And they have custody of the most extensive video library ever. I mean, this, is, this video library encompasses approximately 14 years of episodic television from the late 1970s through the 80s and the 90s. And um, really excited to be bringing that to an to a, uh, a Internet-based uh, format we're developing a platform very similar to New Japan World, NJPW World, and the WWE Channel, where fans can subscribe and access some of these great matches. Um, and I'm going to be putting this project together as quickly as possible. In fact, I'm going to hopefully start transferring some of these matches from three-quarter-inch tape uh, to a high-definition format that we can upload onto a, a website, and these videotapes have been stored uh, in an air-conditioned, climate-controlled storage unit. So even though they may be 30, 40 years old, they are in pristine condition. And uh, I've actually viewed some of the matches myself. One of the first ones I pulled out at random, popped it in and took a look at it, was an NWA World Heavyweight title match from 1975, Harley wow. Race versus Andre the Giant. And this, wow. of course, was, an, was when Andre the Giant was in his prime. I mean, he was yeah. able to throw drop kicks. He was a phenomenal wrestler. And you will see this match, among many others, and you're going to see Harley Race body slam Andre the Giant onto the ringside oh, wow. floor. And that's... You know, that's proof that Hulk Hogan was not the first person, you know, the first wrestler to body slam <laughs> Andre the Giant. You know, a lot of these um, promoters uh, try to rewrite history, but you can't argue with the fact. You know, when you see it, you'll believe it. You're going to see Harley Race body slam Andre the Giant at this uh, phenomenal match from you know, 1975. But let me just run through some of the other uh, wrestlers that you're going to see. We've got superstar Billy Graham. We've got the fabulous Moolah in her prime. Ox Baker. Um, world title match, Harley Race versus Dusty Rhodes. Wahoo McDaniel versus Dory Funk Jr. from 1979. Larry Hennig, Larry the Axe Hennig, who, by the way, is also receiving an award this year at the Cauliflower Alley Club. Uh, Butch Reed, Jim Neidhart, Terry Taylor, guys like Junkyard Dog, uh, Black Gordman and Goliath. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express, and the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette early in their career, Tito Santana, the Butch Reed, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, 
know, Nikolai Volkov, you know, before, you know, pre-WWE days. Um, mm-hmm. Dr. Death, Steve Williams, Hercules Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mark Lewin. Dorian Terry Funk versus Mil Mascaris and Jose Lothario. I mean, oh. these are amazing, amazing matches. You're going to see Gino Hernandez and uh, Tully Blanchard, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Um, Masao Ito, who you may not recognize that name, however, in Japan, he was uh, uh, very famous, wrestled as Umanuski Ueda, Ernie Ladd. So we've got tremendous uh, competitors on there. We've even got a lot of older material from the 70s that I've got to transfer. Uh, Johnny Valentine. You know, Luthez. We've got some Luthez matches on there. We've got the original El Santo. I mean, people have seen El Hijo de Santo, who is, you know, is allegedly his son. But you're going to see the original El Santo, Dos Carras, uh, many luchadors from Mexico, El Canac, very famous, Sacodelico, um, and the list goes on and on and on. So this is a project that I'm really excited about because I'm a student of, the, of, of, of wrestling. I think that these are matches that have either never been seen before or maybe have, seen, have been seen once in the last 30 to 40 years. So... I'm really excited to be launching this product uh, and this project. I think there's going to be fans all over the world uh, that are going to be subscribing to it. I've, I've, in fact, received tweets today from Japan, South Africa, uh, Europe, Canada, all across the United States. So there's been a huge buzz about this, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm putting this together. I'm putting this together as quickly as I can, and I'm hoping to launch. NWA Classics uh, uh, in April or May of this year. Awesome. Awesome. I, I'm ready to open up my wallet and give you some money now. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> just hold on. Hold on. But, but uh, honestly, I'm, gonna, I'm really going to be working around the clock to, uh, to get this project launched because uh, just a lot of people that are excited about it. And, uh, you know, this is going to be something that we're not going to bury. We're not going to... We're not going to hide it from the people. And again, I, I've got to I've got to reiterate that I'm not a big fan of sports entertainment. But this is not mm-hmm. sports entertainment. This is professional wrestling. And I think once people are able to compare what they're what they see on Monday nights to what they're going to be seeing on NWA Classics, they're going to see the real difference between sports entertainment and professional wrestling. Well, uh, we want to thank you, Bruce. You know, you've been a great guest, and you know, I hope. Yeah. In the future, you'd be willing to come on back. Um, before uh, we let you go, do you have any shows that you want to plug, or do you want to plug your Twitter or anything like that? Sure, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, rbtharp. Uh, again, I'd, I'd like to remind everybody to go to our website, www.nwaringside.com. We've got tons of NWA merchandise on there. We're going to have a lot more merchandise introduced in the very near future. Uh, we've got a, a message board on there. We've got NWA Ringside Radio, which we uh, we broadcast every other week. You can listen to it live, or you can uh, check out you know our past uh, programs that are archived on the website. But most importantly, we want you to check out our web-based television program, NWA Ringside. Um, and again, I want to thank you guys for inviting me on the podcast. I want to thank all the fans 
for, for listening and for their interest in the National Wrestling Alliance. And um, hope to be back with you uh, real soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks again. <laughs> My pleasure. We'll be talking to you real soon. Take care. You do as well. Thank you. That was NWA President Bruce Tharp. Brian, yeah. I think we did a final interview right there. It was a fun interview, and I just loved his enthusiasm, and you could tell he's very passionate about the NWA side of wrestling or the NWA uh, promotion because he was just the way his voice, the tone of his voice when he was talking about it, his passion was just coming throughout the entire uh, phone during that entire conversation. Oh, yeah, and uh, if you're like Brian, you haven't seen any of uh, uh, Bruce's work in New Japan, um, I'm sure there's stuff up on uh, YouTube or, you know, subscribe to New Japan World. He's all over that. Um, but uh, before we get into the history of WrestleMania, uh, as promised to Brian on Monday, I've got uh, some new audio drops, and Brian and I are going to take a big, deep breath here um, and play a new little piece of audio here. And we'll be right back with part five of the history of WrestleMania. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.